1: Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore in the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore focused writers over here at Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my wonderful co hosts with me today. First up, he's the other lore focused writer over on Blizzard Watch and knows a bunch of other stuff too. It's Matt Rossi. Hey, Rossi.
2: Hello, everybody, and hopefully I've remembered to unmute my microphone this time.
1: You did. So did I. It's great. <laughs> it's to remember
2: these things. The source
1: of and solution to
2: all of my problems. <laughs>
1: Uh, also with us, we have our other co-host, who's a shaman columnist, but also quite proficient in lore as well, and that would be Joe Perez. Hey, Joe.
0: Well, hello, everybody.
1: How are you doing?
0: I am doing fantastic. I am currently in the middle of painting a gigantic Tyrannosaurus Rex resin model. So oh, that's awesome. Yes, I, I have dubbed her uh, Lady Sue Stompington the Third.
1: That's that's appropriate. Yes. I'm just going to call her Sue for short, but I, exactly. I take it how tall she is now,
0: it? So it wise from base to the top of the back spines is only about eight inches, but she's about twenty four, twenty six inches long from snout to tail because uh, she's in sort of this I'm sweeping forward and going to eat something pose. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome, and I'm I'm currently in the middle of painting her bright orange because cool.
2: I'm now I'm just imagining some Downton Abbey type show, but with all dinosaurs.
0: Mm-hmm. I would love that I, I would
2: I say, I... Lady Stompington, this is not befitting of the Stompington legacy. The Stompington legacy is boorish and grass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See now that I would actually watch <laughs> because it's dinosaurs,
1: only if Maggie Smith does her voice <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like the dinosaur suffragettes going on, and you know it's like the dinos- some dinosaurs don't make it back from the war, and it's all very sad, and there's a new heir to the Stompington line. <laughs>
1: Okay, so uh, moving on into lore that's actually, like, Blizzard-related. <laughs> We've got Hey, this here. expansion could still happen. It could, maybe, someday. I don't I know, there's plenty of dinosaurs pretty... in, in Battle for Azeroth so far. I They're was pretty just going to
0: say, there's trolls, which means there's dinosaurs. There's just throw that out
1: there. big, big dinosaur. Like, you don't realize how big those dinosaurs are until you get right up on them, which I can do as a rogue without getting squashed or anything. But I'm like... Not even the size of its (laughs) toenail. They're just gigantic. It's pretty great. Um, Anyway, we've got a bunch of reader emails to address today, and I don't think any of them are too spoiler-heavy or anything. Uh, The first one involves, if I remember correctly, the first one involves like the Void Elf starting experience, so if you're avoiding that kind of thing, maybe skip ahead a little bit, but um, we're mostly going to be talking about the Void. Avoiding? Um, That wasn't on purpose. (laughs) Look, don't pull a mitch here. <laughs> I'm just sorry. I'm just
2: you to, if you're avoiding it, wink wink.
0: <laughs> I, I approve of this drumroll worthy item.
1: Oh, it's too early for puns, guys. <laughs> All right. Anyway, if you have an email for the show that's related to lore in Warcraft, or any other Blizzard title for that matter, we like talking about lore in all of Blizzard's games, uh, you can send that email to podcast at com. Be sure to put lorewatch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show and not the regular podcast. Um, first email is actually, it isn't lore-related. Which is really funny, because I just, but it is Lore Watch related, so I figured we should probably address it. Uh, This is from G, who says, greetings, Anne, Matt, and Joe. Your words suffuse my monochrome world with brilliant colors. Thank you. Unfortunately, this email is not about Lore, but rather the podcast itself. Lore Watch episodes 62 through 67, now 68 as of last week, do not appear on SoundCloud. Are you weaning us off SoundCloud in favor of pet? Patreon. Love the new shirt and shows is precious shows is cheers G. Um, we aren't actually weaning anybody off of SoundCloud. SoundCloud was just the distribution method that we used to put the podcast out on RSS. However, um, we flipped over to Libsyn. That's the one that we're using to do the distribution and it goes to all the different channels. Uh, you can actually find the show, like every episode of the show, on the website. If you go to the website and click the Lorewatch button on the Right hand side, the column that's there It'll take you right to where the feed is For all of that stuff, and of course you can always Subscribe via iTunes, and I think we're on Stitcher Too. There's a bunch of different methods where you can Get the show. Um, We have had Like several questions about this Over the past several weeks, so I figured I'd just go ahead and mention it real briefly on the show So people know, yeah, show still exists. You can still get it, you just need to go through Like your regular RSS channels, whatever Um, We aren't really like poo-pooing SoundCloud or anything, it's just libsyn works really well for distribution it does that's all okay so moving on <laughs> to an actual lore question uh this one is from what how, how do i pronounce this even she sweet she, she
0: this is actually a good time for me to just put in there if if you have a specific pronunciation of your name when you send us an email throwing a phonetic thing in there helps a lot because yeah, this way we G
2: don't put you your name. That was useful.
1: Yeah, yes. I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna call call you she because S H I S U I. And good question. Um, Blood Elf Monk who says, "Hey Watchers, Nether Prince Durzon appears to have control over his mental facilities despite utilizing the powers of the Void. There was an interesting line of dialogue. He says, however, during the Void Elf Unlock scenario in the Talagris Rift. My people were reshaped by the Void, stripped of the limitations of flesh. We offer you the same gift. I found it interesting that this directly conflicts with another quote from a being of the Void, Ilgonoth. Flesh is his gift, he is your true creator. While one is referring directly to a Void Lord, Dementius the All-Devouring, and the other to an Old God, does this not solidify the fact that all the futures seen by the Void are just as likely false as they are true? Love the show, keep up the fantastic work She. Um, two different situations, I think, probably, going on here. But it is kind of an interesting thing to think about, that in the case of the Ethereals, the Void took over their world, and instead of giving them the Curse of Flesh or whatever, they stripped them of their corporeal forms. They're being held together by bandages. I don't know. Do either of you guys have any thoughts on this?
2: Well, first off, I never take anything said by anybody, uh, Shadow or Void, to seriously or more accurately i don't think of them as accurate they're not reliable narrators they're often insane they they work for a force that is (sighs) the way i look at the the void is that if you there's an old saying uh if you play the assassin's creed games you've heard it nothing is true nothing is true everything is permitted that seems to me Mm -hmm. to be very much the shadow line that if everything's true nothing's true that's a
1: really good association there
2: Yeah. And I, it feels an awful lot like the way they do things. So now the Prince Trazan can certainly believe that losing, getting stripped of all their flesh stripped, you know, stripped them of limitations and now they're perfect. That doesn't mean that that's the shadow line. Like
0: it's just one guy's perspective. And, and it, doesn't, it the doesn't prince mean might be true.
1: just a little bit cuckoo on top of yeah, that. Well, so. I mean, and that's, that's yeah.
0: the other thing to consider, too, is like, I mean, while we're saying that he assu- he appears to have control over his mental facilities, I've met plenty of not exactly um, stable people in my life that seem like they're perfectly fine, but aren't. So, I mean, he could just be completely nutso, but just giving that fantastic facade of, yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. Nervous Twitch. I'm certainly cool. Or it could just be that, you know, you you don't he doesn't have he's not manic,
2: he's not maniacal. He just has a perspective that is different from yours because he's had an experience you haven't had. He views it as a gift. Other ethereals view it very much not as a gift.
0: There like is if also, you remember
2: Burning Crusade when you were doing the whole thing to go after Dementius? Mm-hmm. Uh I, I don't remember, is it the Protectorate? I remember the Ethereum are the ones who are working with it. The them.
1: Protectorate, yeah. I think the yeah. yep.
2: Protectorate are mad. Very very angry. They are not. They are like we must kill them all. Like they're they're not. You know. So not all ethereals have this perspective that Nether Prince juzan has. It, it's very possible that you know he's he not. It, he doesn't have to be insane in a case where he's twitching and rambling and crazy. He could just have accepted this one postulate. It's like you know I have accepted the postulate that all flesh should be destroyed. Well okay his his opinions and beliefs make sense if you accept that postulate I don't accept that postulate but he does there's there's many different ways to be not sane and there's many different perspectives in the void that's just how I look at it
0: And and, I mean, to further that, too, like we've we've known that the void and the old gods don't necessarily have one set pattern for everything. Their decisions suit whatever the current situation is to just to like further their own means. Right. So with the Ethereum stripping them of their flesh, you know, having that 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 whole thing happen there suited whatever their intentions were for that race, that planet, that everything, Um, you know, and then you look at us. Yeah, we're we're essentially Titan forged, right? Like, I mean, we are we are descendants of beings created from a Titan's egg, uh, shaped by Titans. So stripping us of our sort of immortality and pushing us into that curse of flesh suits their needs. Uh, they just change their tactics as whatever they need to to do whatever they need to do to get where they want to go. So you know, beyond just Prince Durzan accepting that postulate it isn't really a conflict for the mercurial old gods or the mercurial void lords because they've already proven time and time again they'll do whatever they need to do to further their plans
1: didn't we have like a lengthy discussion about whether the curse of flesh might not be something from the old gods after all it might just be something that was inherently part of the planet yeah yeah, we've
2: had that yeah we've had that discussion Yeah, yeah
1: but um as far as as far as nether prince goes i mean he might sound perfectly sane but the things that he's saying really they're kind of off kilter i mean who says stripped of the limitations of flesh that's not really um that's not what i would really call a, a sane perspective even though he sounds that way but we all know that the ethereals are notoriously smooth talkers i mean
2: yeah there's that too. That's just who they are. <laughs> I, I definitely think you, a guy named another prince, Jazan, you got to at least consider like what, what right, kind assault. of narrator is he? Yeah. You, there's, and there the, definitely, the thing that keeps coming back to me is the fact that there is nothing stopping these guys from lying to you at any point in time, any of them. Um, there's and the thing the whole... is,
1: is to them, the difference there though, is that to them, what they are saying is not a lie because everything is the truth.
2: It's possible. Like, I mean, the thing is, is that even if you believe everything's the truth, you can still lie to someone. You can still tell them something knowing it will mislead them. And that's well, the way to you the tell them lie.
1: one of the truths that isn't necessarily applicable to this particular situation that you're in, you know. or you you tell know, them as much you, truth as they need to know, and that's it.
2: Or even one that you don't necessarily believe is true, but let's see what they think. Yeah. yeah well, let's see if it works. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of... Like I said, nothing is true. Everything is permitted. It it, it kind of keeps coming back to that in my head. This idea that, well, if everything is true, who's to say well, I can say anything? You know, it's true somewhere, right? It's kind of like when someone goes, ah, it's you know, it's happy hour somewhere. It's like that with the truth here. Then eh, it's true somewhere. Let's just throw that one out there. I I just I feel like Ilganoff and Nether Prince On can contradict each other all the time, and it doesn't it doesn't change anything. You know, yeah.
0: it it's not it's not a contradiction it's not it's it's just different viewpoints on the same spectrum of wow everything could happen
1: pretty much so i hope that answers your question she or at least gives you something to think about there uh a next question is from zam who says dear watchers so i've got this crazy theory we are familiar with those on this show ah uh, they said of the many references to nealatha in the game there are two that seem to point to its general location when you kill ilganoth in the emerald nightmare it says Nizoth. i journeyed to nealatha if you die while wielding zalato the desecrated image of gorhowl one of the things it may whisper is you will rest in nealatha this seems to imply that nealatha is in the shadowlands maybe that's the horrible place that Sylvanus went after she, c- she killed herself in the edge of night what if the shadowlands is like a death version of the emerald dream similar to how there are things in the dream that aren't present in the waking world, like a world tree in Un'Goro. There could be things in the Shadowlands that we can't see while we're still alive, like a horrible old god void city. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Sincerely, Zam. That's, I actually, okay, so I know that uh, the puzzle box of Yog they mentioned um, the sunken city of Neolatha. Like, mm-hmm. Neolatha was referred to as a sunken city, which made everybody think that it was underwater somewhere, which... Okay, I guess that makes sense. But at the same time, I kind of like this theory. I don't know. What do you guys think, Joe?
0: I think that the the two don't necessarily have to be mutually exclusive because we've seen very clearly that there are places on Azeroth that can be have physical manifestations that aren't necessarily of physical places. Look at um, uh, the Throne of the Four Winds, right? You can go over to the Land of Sands and see it floating there. You can physically see it. You can physically go up to it. And it's still a completely different, essentially, layer of reality, right? It's this completely different place that's removed. Same thing with Firelands. Uh, same thing with, I mean, well, it would have been the, uh, the Maw, but we didn't exactly get there. But we have all of these places that touch. Even even in as recently as, as Legion, when you're going to... Uh, Freya's realm or uh, Helio's realm, and you're you're going down through that that sort of long tunnel to get there. you can see where that that sort of manifestation is touching and corrupting, uh, maybe corrupting is not the, the right word, influencing the physical area around it. There's nothing that says that both of these theories are not correct that you know, this is a, a shadow land touched city, that this is a land that exists in both of these places and that it is physically also under the water. Like, you know, we've been speculating, but when you go there, it is a land of weird angles and in things that cannot be or should not be. Um, and, and sort of that's how I've always personally that's how I've always sort of envisioned it. I've never envisioned it as a place that was wholly one or the other. I always viewed it as this place that was so like almost out of phase would be the best way that I could, I could possibly describe it, that it would be something similar to like the Emerald dream in sort of like we have those places where it touches, where we can see it, where we can, you know, sort of feel the influence of it, but it still has a physical anchor point that, that ties it to this realm. And I think that's also how like anything in Nihilatha has been in this case, like Nazoth, right? That's where we think he's been. Um, this is how Nazoth has been able to continue to influence things, even through the, the you know the dream or on Azeroth as a whole, where these agents of Nazoth still have you know these specks of power, these influences, these still things where he can, or it can talk to, to its minions, is because somewhere there is a physical anchor point. So I, I think it's I think it's kind of both. What
1: about you, Rossi?
2: Well, first off, um, Chronicle says that Shadowlands are like the Emerald Dream that it's a tangential shadow realm that mirrors Azeroth.
1: Do you think that's where um, Neolatha is? Cause oh, no. The, no, absolutely the, not. Well, the important part here and the part that I find kind of interesting and I want you guys' thoughts on is that both of these creations, obviously one of them desecrated image of Gorhowl that's like a possessed weapon, but still the same thing applies. It's the old gods and the void speaking to you. Mm-hmm. They... In what they say, the whole Nizatha journey to Ny'alotha, and uh, you will rest in Ny'alotha, that seems to be implying that there is some kind of an afterlife, and Nialotha is it.
2: I don't think the afterlife is the right word because yeah? keep in mind, the old god things don't die mm-hmm. and that means that's that, why
1: I found it weird <laughs> yeah,
2: that's why I think like Nyalotha is less a place where you go when you die and more a place you go when you can't die. I would f- I would be really surprised if it was in the Shadowlands. I would be le- much less surprised to find out it can't touch the Shadowlands. You can't get from there to here. You can't go to death. Well, so the thing is, the, the Shadowlands is a, a mirror realm that's kind of like between our realm and death. Yeah, so, it's sort of
0: layered on top. Like we, so, we see that with the Death Knight stuff.
2: So one of the things that you could happen is if they if if the old gods can't die, and so far that seems to be the case. Um, if they can't die. Why not? Like, what's stopping them from dying? I mean, a Titan ripped one out of the ground and tore it into little pieces, and it didn't die. Um,
1: It kind of mostly died, but bits of it later on. It mostly
2: died, but at the same time, its death just made more horrible things. It's like like it rebounded off of—I'm going somewhere with this. It's like it rebounded off of death, and, and it's like if you took the essence of the old god, you threw it out of our reality and into where death is, and it bounced back out scattershot rather than get the old god back in one piece it came back in many pieces because it was torn apart by the power of a cosmic being but it still all came back do you see where i'm going with this like the, it feels like the shadowlands almost feel like they exist to keep things from getting from our reality into the death realm because the death beings don't want them in their world we've talked about this before with like you know the entities of death that um odin made a deal with And what is it and what does it want? It seems to want to come into this reality. It certainly doesn't seem to want... It it feels like old gods are not welcome in their reality. The last thing they want is beings from void coming into their realm of death because void and death are two different things. Mm -hmm. Death is the end of something. Void is nothing should ever exist. If nothing ever exists, nothing will die. Void is
1: the absence of anything.
2: Yeah. And if nothing exists, nothing can die. And if nothing can die you've just ended death in order to have death you need living things so there's definitely an antipathy there but this is all just me speculating i don't have a lot to go on like Nialotha, i mean it certainly could be in the shadowlands for all i know it's in fact possible the entire shadowlands exists to keep the old gods here's out of my the question you know? i have
1: a good question i have a good question okay so the emerald dream is nature's version of like overlapping blueprint of the world alternate re- reality whatever whatever you want to call it right the shadowlands is death v- death's version of that kind of like that limbo in between being alive limbo, and being dead yep. right mm-hmm. that purgatory that's what I was gonna essentially say. like a shadowy purgatory is Neolatha the purgatory of the void
0: so that's that's kind of what I was going to go and say there, because there are a couple things that I remember the the puzzle box of Yogg-Saron also saying, um, which is, you know, the references to, to Ny'alotha are not like Rossi's right. There's not they're not death related. Right. Because
1: we're assuming like what we're assuming here, like with the old gods and these fleshy things that they make or whatever, you know, the the things that the void spits out. Out there, we're assuming that the same rules of life and death apply to them. When in every instance and mm-hmm. in every scenario, we've been shown that no, they do not. It's like a separate entity. So wouldn't it make sense that it's got like a separate kind of not necessarily afterlife, but purgatory or limbo where it goes to and comes back again?
0: Well, yeah, and that's the whole thing. Like you know, in Nialatha, there is only sleep. Doesn't say anything about death. Says sleep. Uh, in the sleeping city of Nialatha, walk only mad things. Well. I could honestly say that things from the void are definitely considered mad. Uh, I would also say that things that have been rejected by death are probably also mad. Um, and Nihalatha is a city of old, terrible, unnumbered crimes. I mean, just applying our world sort of mythos to it, guys, there are several. Guys, guys. Yes.
2: The Emerald Nightmare was what?
1: It was a void touched version of the Emerald Dream.
2: What? And it came into being when,
1: when the old something... gods crossed over.
2: So, what happens if an old god crosses over into the shadowlands? Ew. Probably like what if really you
1: probably really bad stuff. What like... if a, a titan kills an <gasps> wait, old god? Wait, 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 wait. Is this where the Lich King is from? <laughs> is that is that what happened to create the Lich King? Is that why the Lich King is so terrible and why he had that connection to Yogg Saron?
2: That certainly is one thing you could think about, isn't it?
1: Oh, I mean, think
2: about too, like that. If you've got these two realms, the Emerald Dream and the uh, Shadowlands, both serving as kind of like mirrors of our reality. One is like a backup blueprint, and the other is kind of like a kill file. It's like this is what it will be like when it's all dead. Then and this
1: is the Deadpool.
2: <laughs> then if you have this, if you have this entity that cannot die, that enters into the Shadowland. And creates a corrupted area in it, much the same way that the Emerald Nightmare was, then you could have a city where nobody can die, where everybody just sleeps because they would, can't die.
0: And I mean, it would also kind of make sense almost in like a, a, a catch-all too, right? Like, we we know that when the—let's look at the Legion, right? When demons died, they went to Antorus, they were processed and then put back out into the universe, What if the old gods are doing something similar for all of the things that we're killing of theirs where, you know, we're not actually killing them. We're just sending them to to this sort of
1: they just go sleep it off.
0: They go sleep it off. They regenerate. They do whatever until a time when the armies need to march on whatever they decide that needs to march on. Yeah. And we have centuries of this at this point.
2: Well, we're going to know more about the old gods fairly soon. We're going to see more about them in Battle for Azeroth. So maybe we'll know more about it. But one of the interesting things, this is a statement that's from the puzzle box. The drowned god's heart is black ice. Where else have we seen the weird black ice thing? Perhaps an entire throne made out of it.
1: Yeah, the frozen throne.
2: And also, in the sunken city, he lays dreaming. What what did Arthas do for years before he came back out? Uh Uh-huh. He sat there dreaming.
1: That's why I said maybe... Maybe the Lich King, that entity that Kil Jaden found, maybe that was some sort of entity that was created when the Void crossed over into the Shadowlands that created something. Because what does is, what is the Lich King do? He raises the Scourge. What does the Scourge do? It just keeps multiplying exponentially. Runs everything over, destroys everything in its path. It sounds a lot like old god stuff, kind of. Uh, and again, like that weird relation between Yog saron and the Lich King. The fact that when you went to kill Yogg-Saron, one of his dream things showed showed Bolvar, who would become the Lich King, with oh. Arthas, the current Lich King, being tortured, you know, and, and talked about the fact that Bolvar wouldn't die
2: <laughs> and he's like, you know, no king reigns forever. Yeah. That, that whole idea. Interesting
0: There's... on top of that too, though, like, you, just one step further, like, yes, they, the undead armies of the Lich King uh, raise up and sort of destroy everything, but they also disintegrate into nothing over time. Like, that was the problem. That is the problem that Sylvanas was trying to solve at one point, because even Forsaken, after being released, they were still rotting. They were still, like, crumbling like the whole thing doesn't
2: really have that problem because a he's literally just raising huge vast armies and b they're in a cold place
0: but if well that that's That's why the scourge
2: doesn't have the problem i'm not saying that they don't have the problem the forsaken and i think it's interesting that that's what sylvanas chose to to like focus on and when did she start focusing on it after
0: she died well i just thought it was interesting She came back
2: from the dead and now suddenly she's she's thinking about that a lot she never thought about that before
0: it's fair, but I also I was just saying that I think I think Anne might be like you guys might be on the right track because of that. Because like that seems like a function that was built in, like void gods are all about nothingness. Here's an army that eventually will decay into nothing.
2: Yeah, but like really look at what happened here. Because what happened, Sylvanas goes up to the top of the frozen throne, sees Bolvar frozen in ice, throws herself off, dies, comes back with her pack from her pact with the uh uh Valkyir. Um, with her new obsession to keep the you know to to prevent the inevitable decay of the forsaken which she'll do anything to do so she makes her deal with Helia still don't even know what that deal was Helia is a resident of the Shadowlands Helia knows the Shadowlands better than anybody Helia is the one that made the deal with o- for Odin mm-hmm. so is it possible that there's actually a civil war between roughly the undead equivalent of the emerald nightmare run by the old gods versus the actual shadow land forces of death
0: i mean it would Do make you, sense because everything we're hearing just sounds like a, an episode of supernatural to me where souls are the power
1: and that so. sounds cool to me but the other thing that i wanted to bring up just because i mean we're already walking down this interesting path of stuff the emerald dream rests in if you go back to that whole the the cos- cosmology chart, right? You go back to the whole cosmology chart of the universe and everything. You've got life and nature, and the Emerald Dream is kind of in that district, right? And then Mm -hmm. you have the Void and the Shadowlands, and and that's all kind of like in the whole death part of things. If we want to presume that Neolatha is the equivalent, like the Void's equivalent of the Emerald Dream or the Shadowlands, does that mean these other aspects, the Fell, the Arcane, Light... They have some kind of realm of their own that we haven't even thought about.
2: You know what implies that at least uh-huh. we know that the nether exists, and it certainly seems to be birthing demons. So that the nether could be that realm for the fell,
1: the twisting nether. But
2: yeah, but light—I feel like light must have some place like that because it has a place to take you when you—you know—the the, the, Br- the bride and Brad quests.
0: Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say that there's yeah. a
2: place for the light to physically take you to keep bad you know to keep him from raising as one of the scourge, it physically lifted him up and took him somewhere, and you know that to me feels important, but i don't obviously i don 't know that there's a light realm or a you know what have you, but it feels like there the probably is. could
1: be the nexus yeah, just the nexus i don't know it
2: could certainly be like you know a, a purely like whatever that place was you went when you fought um Oh, God, Malagos. I can't remember his name. Malagos, Malagos. Thank- yeah. Yeah, I can't believe I could not You went around. to the
1: Nexus is where you went.
2: Yeah, but it could be where bigger Where was than just, that? Yeah, it could <laughs> you know? be much bigger than just that one weird platform you were standing on. Yeah. There could be an endless arcane field out there somewhere. But, yeah, it is an interesting thing to consider. And could you have the, like, could the light enter the Emerald Dream and create the Emerald Light, the Emerald Daydream, or whatever you want to call it? Like, could that happen? I don't know. I don't know if there's anything in Light to do that. It is an interesting thing to consider. Okay.
1: Well, our next email is from a Worgen druid. We've actually got two Worgen kind of centric questions here, and I kind of wanted to go into them both. The first one's a little bit short though. Um, and this one is just signed to Worgen Druid. It says, Hail Travelers, question regarding Worgen lore. Some time ago, Anne posted in the queue that it had been confirmed in lore that the child of a Worgen is an uncursed human. I've looked and looked and can't find anything in the game or the books that says anything about this. The only reference I have is a blue post that's phrased rather open-endedly. What have I missed? Thanks, Great Wolf Spirit guide you, Worgen Druid. Um, that was actually from what was it? It was Ask a dev 4 I think it was. Uh, the Ask a dev stuff was people could actually post questions to the creative development team and they would go ahead and answer things. Everything that they said was pretty much that was pretty firmly established. Needless to say, it takes a while when they do an Ask a dev for the answers to get turned around because everybody has to kind of Solidify how they feel about certain things but that one in particular uh, somebody was asking if Worgen could reproduce naturally or just through a bite or blood and whether their children would be Worgen or normal and the answer was that the Worgen curse is exactly that, it's just a curse and that its origins are rooted in the druidic pack form that was later altered by the scythe of a loon so if two worgen were to produce offspring, that offspring wouldn't be a worgen. It would just p- possess the genetic material of his or her parents like any other child without the curse. So it's not it's not a bloodline thing that you're looking at here with the worgen curse. It's just, it's a curse. Um, yeah. And I think if you look on Wowpedia under Ask a CDev, the answers are there. They have like all of the Ask a CDev's Um, cataloged there for people to read. I wish they could do another one of those.
2: Yeah, it's from round
1: four. It is from round four. Okay, I thought so.
2: Yeah, I I just looked it up because I remembered it, but I couldn't remember where I knew it from. So, yeah, it's... One of the things you'll note is that there are actually Worgen besides the Worgen that we have in game right now. Yeah, there's the Night Elves. There's the Night Elves ones too, but I meant like, like the ones up in Northrend...
0: There's still and so forth ones
2: right yeah there's there's other wargon besides the playable Worgen. they're not knocking out babies like you don't go into a, a wargon area and see like little wargon cubs which would be adorable by the way um I would be like I
1: would be oh it they're would trying be to be adorable me. except that they're cursed no no you know i don't want i don't want if you find baby. a worgen baby it's because a full-size worgen bit a baby <laughs> yeah.
2: or, or or got like put its blood in it like you could first like, the, the, the curse could be like you know feed them their blood because remember those guys on that island who drank worgen blood and the ritual know, the ritual yeah. drinking
0: the blood yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
2: that's not even you don't have to like go bite a baby in fact i don't remember don't recommend it don't bite babies um but yeah it's it's, it's actually interesting, because they're not the only ones that aren't really a race. Like, I was thinking this the other day. Um, Lightforged aren't really a race. Mm-hmm. like And neither are Void Elves. Void Elves, I guess, we'll find out more about them. But the Lightforged is kind of like the opposite of the Worgen. The Lightforged are blessed, and the blessing is bestowed. It's not something that, you know, they can't just go around lighting you. They don't just touch you and go, bing, you're light now. Um, but
1: it's it's or, kind yeah, the of from um, is
2: druidic in nature and it's like it it would be fascinating to me if as if they made an allied race that was the original worgen. I would love that.
1: The um I would um, love to play that. As far as the lightforged and the void elves go, uh the void elves are proclaiming themselves as a different race because they go by Rendore. They're no longer Sindore. Um and the lightforged are physiologically changed because they're essentially immortal now. So these guys, yeah. they have undergone a change. Uh, in the case of the Lightforge, it's they've, well, we don't know exactly what that process is, but they've essentially been given a big old mega shot of the light and it's done something to their physiology. Well, yeah, to, when you do they're you know it, they're essentially immortal now. They're yeah. immortal. Um,
2: but when you do it with Tapartos, uh, yeah. one of the interesting things is Tapartos' life, when you see his memories, they're on Draenor. Yeah. Yep. Which is not most of the original Lightforged were from the ship. Yeah. The original Genadar. They never saw. In fact, it's there's an interesting point when you get the uh Fell Crusher, the mount, uh the flavor text says that Turla Turalyon and Illyria introduced the Army of the Light to Elex.
1: Yeah, the Elex so, were actually something that they brought over from Dranor. So I mean th- if those you those go- guys
2: didn't even know what they those guys didn't even know what they were. They're like, Why do you have these weird elephant things? Uh we met some of you guys who ride them. We've never, We're no, do you have no idea what he's talking about? No, but it's a big in a, thing. In A Thousand
1: it. Years of War, when they contact Tyralion, um. oh my gosh, I forget his name now
2: the light demon lothraxian yes.
1: lothraxian thank you when yeah. lothraxian contacts them there's there's you know an indication that they've been observed for a while so i mean all of this stuff is stuff that they picked up but even in in a thousand years of war when tyralion takes on that whole ceremony thing when he comes out of it he's changed not only is he changed but he's like glowing like a light bulb and he can kind yeah. of turn it on and off
2: He still has that. Yeah, he
1: does still have. Well, I don't know if he still has that or not, because the thing is, if you notice, during that cinematic where Illidan basically just murders the heck out of Zira, you see that shot of Turalyon's face. He looks really horrified. His eyes were gold and then they fade back to brown after she's dead. And yeah, I, I don't know, don't know what the that, implications yeah. of that are exactly. If if it was enough to, if killing her was
2: enough to delight forge him, then it would have delight forged everybody.
1: Yeah, that's that's right. the thing, is I'm like, well, that can't have been the case because we do have the light forge now and they're still undergoing this process, so maybe it's something to do with human physiology, I don't know. Um but it I would could love be to- our, argued that Teralion became more when he became Lightforged and now he's just human again for whatever reason Um, as far as the Void Elves go the Void Elves had kind of the same process in place I don't know if you've played the Void Elves starting experience or not Rossi
2: I will be able to tonight okay exactly 1,000 away and I have a mission going that will get me exactly 1,000 rep
1: awesome so So it's kind of the same concept except instead of the light giving them a mega dose of the light they get a mega dose of the void and it changes them like it physically changes them so there's again there's like another evolutionary shift sort of like the one that the blood elves experienced well high elves at that point in time when they were banished from kalimdor and went to the eastern kingdoms they shrank they embraced the sun they turned away from the night all that other stuff or even you know the the physiology the, the physical changes, the evolutionary changes that the, the uh, Shalderai experienced when they were under the bubble, because they were feeding off of the night well, and they weren't exposed to the sun at all. They were behind that barricade. They look very different.
2: <laughs> that's what got me interested about this discussion, though. Yeah. Because the Worgen curse doesn't do that.
1: No, it doesn't, because it's something else entirely. It's just a curse. And, well, that's the thing, though. It's It's a curse, but it's basically nature magic. It's...
0: It's a form, it's, like it, it's it it, it it basically gives you access to a physical form. It's not, it doesn't change who you. Well, it might for some of them, but
2: well, that's it, the thing. It's it's interesting because it it's communicable through bite and blood, mm-hmm. but it's a curse, and it's essentially a druid form run wild. And I always find myself wondering if this goes back to a loon. Um, oh god, I want to call him Logash, but he's not called Goldrin, and Omen.
1: Logash <laughs> is somebody else who's not with us anymore. Yeah.
2: It's like if if Elune and Goldrin had a kind of weird rivalry going on, they, they weren't friendly, but she loved Omen and she put a blessing on Omen. But Omen got fell, corrupted and had to be destroyed, whereas Goldrin got fell, corrupted and had to be destroyed, too, but wasn't. And it, there's, there's like a lot going on there that I'm not. I'm just I find myself wondering about this. Like he Goldrin has adopted the worgen. Goldrin has basically taken them on. He's like, OK, the worgen are my thing. And what does that mean? What's that going to mean for them? What's going to happen, like, are the Worgen in the final, like, is this the final thing that they're going to be, or are they going to change? And you what mean does like that You like, evolve mean? further? Yeah, because, you know, you see, like, one of the things that happens in uh, the, the, I don't want to say Storm Stormrage, uh, not Stormrage, oh, the book with, a uh, Wolfhard. The book where... Wolfhard, thank you. One of the things you see in Wolfhard is that Varian realizes that he, like, he and Golden have a lot in common, and the Worgen and he have a lot in common. And they, that means the worgen are basically being watched by this ancient who is on the cusp. Like, you know, Goldren has a, like, you know, has been harmed greatly by the Legion. Gold, you know, Golden even fights, like he shows up. If, if you're playing Legion, he shows up on a couple of world quests. He yeah. actually fights the Legion directly again. And he's watching the worgen and they're like, they're of interest to him. What does that mean for the worgen going forward? Like, is he going to cure them? Like the scythe of Loon was that's one of his teeth. You know, there's a lot going on here that I really, I hope they do more with other than just Worgen exist. It's one of the reasons I would love there to be like playable, um, original Worgen because I'd like to see more, like the
1: pack form Nightos.
2: I'd like to see what's going on with that. Like, you know, now that the that they've lost, you know, so much, do do they get desperate? Do they do they? They didn't even call these guys during the Legion invasion, but they, you know, could they ever call them? There's just a lot to this. The Worgen fascinate me because of the exact thing that you're just talking about. How like the you know, you could have a a kid, right right now Gen could have a new kid and that kid would just be normal. It wouldn't have the curse. It's not just that his children were were conceived before he had the curse. Any new children of his would just be normal. They'd just be humans. So is that still true? Does that continue to go forward or does think do things change? There's there's a lot there they could do something with. So I'm very interested in that.
1: Joe, you got any thoughts on this?
0: Not a whole lot, honestly, because like it, you guys have covered almost everything, but it o- it was always fascinating to me that like, unlike some other curses we've seen, that this isn't particularly passed down to children. And I mean, it, that always struck me as weird a little bit just because, how do I phrase this?
1: It's not I mean, a genetic alteration type. Yeah.
0: Thing. But it's it, a magic it, thing. Sure, but I mean, and, and I guess that makes more sense that it's... So it genetically
1: speaking, it's not going to be passed down, but...
0: But then but then it transfers through blood bite. and bite and everything else, and I'm like, okay, so then how can it not be part of the genetic makeup? Because then my science brain goes, well, I mean, it's maybe, part of there yeah.
1: Maybe that's not a DNA transfer thing so much as it's like a blood right to transfer the curse. Sure. You know, well, that Plus, I mean, thing. It's,
2: it's interesting because the, what's the other really
0: big curse we know about... Curse um, of Flesh,
1: yeah. yeah,
2: and the Curse of Flesh is most certainly passed on to your. And that's what I was. Oh, gonna, absolutely.
0: Because like you look at you look at the uh, you look at our, our then... giant humanoids and and how that all played out. And
1: when you... it definitely passed. but when you look at the Curse of Flesh, though, that again we've had that discussion where we argued that maybe that's a naturally occurring thing, and the old gods had nothing to do with it. It was just part of the evolutionary shift of the planet.
2: And, and it's it... very possible that this might be evidence in that direction because. The curse that we've got, the curse, the, the Worgen curse has, is, you know, it comes from two things. It comes from Goldrin and it comes from Alune, because the scythe of Alune is what made it
1: And both work, of those were just kind of born of the planet.
2: Yeah. And they're both deities. The
1: ancients. Yeah. Deities. Well, no way. Yeah. I can't say that about Alune because we don't know where Alune came from.
2: Yeah. Or what she is. We yeah. still don't. You know, there's a lot of hints. It's but we still don't, a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, one of the things that's too interesting to me too is that the curse of flesh obviously doesn't do a dang thing to prevent you from becoming uh, undead. In fact, without the curse of flesh, you can't become undead. But once you got that yep. curse, boom, you can be undead. But the Worgen curse does prevent you from becoming undead. So maybe yeah, curse is the wrong weird. word. Yeah, weird. It's it.
1: like an override switch or something. Well, it's like, yeah, if you're this, if the, if you turn into this dog creature thing, then you won't be able to be raised from the dead for some reason. But we don't know. Maybe well, glitching... it's because it's
0: a blessing, not a curse,
1: or it's that's a tie true. to the emerald dream or something,
0: well, no, I mean if you think about it, we're talking about how it's 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 the the curse is tied to golden, it's tied to to Don't those, those those two don't exactly strike me as the cursing type, and whether it's and I think that's maybe why golden is taking them under their wing because this is a blessing that they don't know how to control they call fully.
1: it it's they call it a curse because it does violent things pers- perception is kind of but, but everything here
0: exactly and because like if, if you let's say you're you're transferred into uh, a superhuman you know genetically altered body that you have no idea how everything works and you break everything you touch until you learn how to operate that body you're going to be very upset that you can't like you know hold a cup without breaking it you're or you know sit in a, a chair without tearing off an arm or something along those lines you're going to view that as a curse right and we've seen that sort of parodied or, or I shouldn't say parodied uh, replicated throughout media I mean is as, as recently as even Altered Carbon um where you get something new that you didn't ask for that you didn't want that you didn't anticipate and you weren't given an instruction manual and very much the worgen were not given an instruction manual
1: no but if you go back to like when they were first created with Rilar Rilar mm-hmm. Fangfire like when he when they got their pack form he was bragging about it in the comics. Sure. Like he thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, cool. We're really strong. But we can defeat those... the Seder without any issues or anything.
0: Sure, but that's also you're you're also talking about a culture that grew up with you know, heavily steeped in druidism and understanding that different forms grant different things. I would argue that
1: Exactly. It was like that they, first that first generation kind of embraced it and thought it was a really good thing. And then later yep. generations were like, no, this is bad. This is a curse. Well, this is a and, and this
0: this sort of ties in with the next question we'll get to too, but it's like that's because they the, the people that are now afflicted by this, the people that are now considered the worgen, the playable worgen, which is for all intents and purposes, they're humans. They don't have that same knowledge, wh- right. whether or not they've touched that magic before. They don't know what the heck's going on, it would make perfect sense to me then that it's a blessing, not a curse. And that's why Galdron is so interested in them. Because there's one
2: other thing to keep in mind too here though, one thing we can don't want to forget. There is one force that can turn a Wargan into a Forsaken type being. Hmm. The, the direct power of the Lich King can raise them as Death Knights.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: So what
0: does that say?
1: But no, because the no, thing we, is, is like the ones that there's a difference.
0: But the Death Knight yeah. is basically shoving the soul back into the body, right? Here's the thing, though. Think about
2: what we were just talking about earlier, about the Shadowlands and the Emerald Dream. Yeah. If the Emerald Dream is, an, is a, it's a nature-based mirror to the natural world, and the Shadowlands are kind of like a dark, death, death-based reflection, life and death are these opposite but necessary forces. You need death to have life, and you need life for there to be any death. What if he's using the same channel?
1: What's the reason he can do this? The, the, that was the one thing that always kind of bothered me because they were saying, oh, yeah, if you're afflicted with the Worgen curse, you can't be corrupted. Except for these d- dudes that became death knights. And the whole reason that they're death knights is because they were it was the Lich King that did it. That's it. Is it. It was the Lich King that did it.
2: Yeah. But what if the reason the Lich King could do it is because the Lich King can actually draw on that connection? Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. We, we see a loon as a light being. Yeah, we do. The light of a loon, but a has dark periods. A is, after all, a force we don't comprehend. What if she's just as much about the dark as the light? There's a metaphorical dark side to a moon, you know. We there, we don't know that a loon ever co- goes into new moons, but we don't know that she doesn't. You know, there's there's a, there's so much more. And a loon and a loon and, and golden have a very rocky relationship. It's not like her relationship with Omen. She and Omen get along fine. In fact, I've always wondered if. The fact that she and Omen are so close is why she and Goldrin aren't. Maybe Goldrin was jealous. Like, they're both wolf ancients. Why does she like him better than me? You know? There's there's a lot here that we don't understand. A lot about Worgen lore that we don't get yet. I'd love to hear more about fangfar You know, what what? why did he, things happen the way they did with him? Why did he fail to control it? Why couldn't Goldrin control it? Because that's the thing. Goldrin picked Varian as his champion because Varian could actually master his anger, and Goldrin never could. And when, when Varian dies, in Legion, when Varian dies, Goldrin is so shook up, it goes and sleeps. It's like, did I pick wrong? Did I do something wrong? Was I not a good enough champion? Did I not help him enough? And went and slept it off until the Legion tried to turn him into a monster again. They tried to corrupt him. And the druids helped stop it, so he came back to fight them. So there's, there's a lot going on here. I'm, I'm really hoping we see more about it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm also hoping that, you know, since we're seeing more of a focus on Gen, that we get more of a focus on the wargon in general, and see more attention paid to that particular branch of the storyline, because it is kind of fascinating. Speaking of fascinating, the next email is a subject that I love a lot, and this is from Sorasonic, who's on Moonguard, who says, Hi, Lore Watchers. We know that Gilneas has always had harvest witches, and we know that the Night Elves taught druidism to many Gilneans after saving them from the Forsaken, but I was wondering, can a Gilnean who hasn't been afflicted by the Worgen curse still become a druid? I'd assume yes, but we haven't seen any evidence of that in-game, to my knowledge. If Worgen are the only Gilneans that can become druids, is it because the night elves only feel guilty to those that were affected directly by the Scythe of loom and Alpha Prime? If this is the case, perhaps their reasoning is that they'll only teach druidism to the people they feel directly responsible for rather than those who weren't afflicted by the curse. B.S. Love the podcast. You guys are the reason I got back into WoW after a five-year hiatus. Keep up the great work, Sorasonic. Thanks. Um, Harvest Witches. I... Love the concept behind Harvest Witches and I wish we'd get more stories about these guys. Um, If you're wondering what the heck a Harvest Witch is, Gilneas had Druids-ish. They had these people, the Harvest Witches, who had some form of nature magic. It was minor. It was very minor. So like, you know, they could, they could, like, do stuff with plants or they could heal people. It was mostly crop related. It was stuff, mostly yeah. crop related and kind of an, uh, you know.
0: Hence the name Harvest Witch.
1: Right. And, and it was just mostly because of the whole agricultural focus of Gilnaeus way back in the day but then when it went through its period of industrialization and when the light came into play and the Church of the Holy Light came into play Harvest Witches kind of died out and fell out of fashion as it were um, so they were few and far between. Um, they aren't druids in the sense that we know druids as like the playable characters are, but they are druids in the sense of their connection to the natural world. They have more of a connection to that natural world and they can kind of manipulate it. They don't do shape-shifting as far as we know. It's just low-level stuff. Um, anyway, Rossi, did you want to go on this?
2: I One of the things I noticed when I was... oh uh, Wait, no, that's a... Can, I, can we do a little Battle for Azeroth talk here? It's not a big deal, but it's about Drusvar.
1: Um, As long as it's not too spoilery.
2: Okay, well, we know Kul Tiras was founded by Gilnean sailors. Yes. And when you went to Drusvar, were you getting like a, a Harvest Witch vibe off of some of the bad guys?
1: A uh, little bit, but not so much.
2: Uh, one of the things I kept thinking about was like maybe that's a place where we could learn more about them. Like, maybe there's more about that there, and that's the origin of the the bad guys. Maybe that's where they come from, out of, like, a, a sect of those guys that went bad.
1: I'm not sure exactly. I don't think that's where it's coming from, because there's, there's some... I don't know how much of Drustvar you've played through. I've played through everything that you could play through in Drustvar so far, um, and, and uncovered a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of history involved in Drustvar in particular, Um by the way, guys, if you like lore, you're really going to love Battle for Azeroth. Because seriously, both sides, both Alliance and Horde, have a lot to work with. And this is just in like the first two zones that were unlocked. I haven't even gotten past just gathering screenshots of Tyragar Sound. And uh, oh my gosh, I forget the name of the... There's another troll area that opened up um, that I have to go to go to and mess around in. But the lore so far and the history in the area, like, you get to learn all of this stuff. So if you're a lore fan, there's a lot to look forward to with this expansion, because there's just, there's there's a lot there to process. Um, I don't think that the residents of Drustvar are necessarily, I don't think that Harvest Witch...
2: I don't think the Harvest Witch is the way they are in Gilneas. No. I think that it, the origin of their Practices before they went, kind of a cuckoo for cocoa well, Puffs might
0: be might be the similar thing. You're essentially be... talking about the old concept of hedge witches at that point, right? Like, let's kind of with the harvest well,
1: it's witches. Yeah, like a too. harvest witch, yeah, hedge witch, well, that I mean. kind of thing. Yeah. It's just I, I, there's something bigger going on in Drustvar than just that, and that's all I'm going to say about sure. that because yeah. I don't want to spoil anything. Um, going
2: back to the harvest witches for a second, one of the things I remember thinking about at the time is that it's not unusual that there should be a druidic tradition uh in the Eastern Kingdoms. Because if you look at the Eastern Kingdoms, there's two places relatively close, at least not, let's say one place that's relatively close to Colteras. Um it's not that close, it's up in the hinterlands. But it's straight up a druid portal. It's a night elf druid portal that exists right there. We know that the Dru the Night Elves were planting trees in that area to destroy Saranite. Um because that's what oh bloody heck. Fandral, <sighs> thank you. Fandral was doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not tremendously surprising to me that they should have a an, an ancient druid tradition that sort of like slowly fell away from them as they lost contact with the elves. Um, obviously, that the blood elves' ancestors, the high elves, didn't have a druidic tradition. They didn't keep it. They decided, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. We don't want that. So they wouldn't really be able to keep it going. Because they didn't have like that connection. They didn't have a connection to Cenarius. They didn't have a connection to the Night Elves who could teach it. They didn't know any Tauren. Because the, the, the Tauren, the furthest east they get seems to be High Mountain. And you don't see a lot of Torin Other than the ghosts of Tauren in a couple of places. Like there's a Tauren ancestor ghost in Westfall. When you're doing the Elders thing. But yeah. other than that, there's not a lot of Tauren influence. So you're not going to learn it from them. So I feel like it's not tremendously surprising that they didn't keep the tradition fully going that they just sort of the only reason it really survived in Gilneas was because they needed it for like a really bad harvest. I think what well, is it Celestine who says that? Yeah, it's it Celestine. is Celestine,
0: but I think, I think it's beyond that. And I think it's, I think it's not necessarily a race or even a, a sort of direct link to the other races per se, because I think it has to do with the rise of civilization versus the more like rural nature of things. Right. So it's, it's urban versus rural. It was the
1: industrialization of the kingdom. Exactly.
0: So as, as, as civilizations humans included, and I think, I think that maybe Gilnean is the one where we have still a tradition of it, where they talk about it, but there's nothing that says that there weren't sort of the same type of people in, you know, the, other places of humanity until things started becoming very sort of structured, very civilization, very, thing very industrial.
2: Then. Well, here's the thing to think about then. We know that humans basically were just roaming around as violent nomadic packs up until relatively recently, three or 4,000 years ago when the the troll wars happened.
1: Well, you and know, we they know were descended they're... from Fry So there you yeah. go. <laughs> and they didn't,
2: they didn't unify until one guy with a sword forced them to, and when he forced them to, he he basically went around. He conquered most of them. Um, that's where, in fact, the uh, the current like the cruel the strong, the current ruling bloodline that just now the troll bands they came out of Igneus, who was somebody who was actually beaten in a fight. They he uh, Thorin went and said, "Look, instead of my, my people slaughtering your people, why don't you and I have a fight? If I win." I take over if you win. Well, you know, Hey, you just beat me. So you'd probably be in a pretty good position to take over yourself. And went, okay. And he fought and lost. But when he went to what is now, um, Lordaeron and where the, where the, where the, uh, temple of tear, the, 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 uh, tomb of tear is, he went there and he met Lordein and he said to Lordein, he basically offered him the same deal. and is like, no, I'm not going to just fight you for my people. Are you honorable? Do you believe in the light? And Thorodin was like, What is the light? I've never heard of that. Thornton, Thornton, yeah, that's. So Lording was like, I'll teach you the light, and you promise to spread it, and my people will serve you. And that, to me, Seems like a really good place to look for when the traditions started changing. I because... was
0: going to bring that up too, yeah, because it, that, that's part of the industrialization is that this a lot heavy it... organized religion sort of comes into play as well. Like right? I said, a lot, of is.
1: It, a lot of it had to do with the prevalence of the Church of the Holy Light and all of that that was going around. Suddenly people were leaning more on and... that and less on natural magic.
0: And, and not only that, but also the the rise in arcane as well too. Because don't forget, like as time goes on as well,
1: you get the high elves the, that come in, and you teach
0: get them, the high yeah. elves that come in and teach them this type of stuff. And you have these human mages and arc mages, and and everything that happens.
1: And they're way and, more powerful than a little puny harvest witch in the middle of nowhere.
0: And and the difference between them is the embracing of it, right? Like, and, and that's and that's one of the things that I always thought was interesting. One of the things that I always, I always wanted to see more like. Druid is the one class that I feel should be playable by even more races simply because I think just by the way Druidism works and the way that it is and the way that it, that, that it happens, there has to be pockets of it in these civilizations, in these races everywhere. Uh, guys, and, I, I found an Ask a Seed Dev thing here, too. Okay. Um,
2: apparently, Harvest Witches who were cursed found their, their powers greatly
0: amplified. Well, yeah, because they're closer to the natural order. At
2: that. Yeah, point. and the reason that night elves druids are training Wargans and not just any Gilnean is that worgen can actually do it. Like do, like a worgen can actually tap into the power and be a full-fledged druid where most harvest witches can't. They're not strong enough. So it is actually a possibility that humans are so far outside of it that they, they're too not natural. Because think about it, of druid races, we don't have a single titan-forged one.
1: Like no, the, we don't.
2: We've got that's, night that's elves, the thing, trolls.
1: That's the other thing that I was going to bring up was the fact that humanity is—they are the descendants of the Vrykul, and the Vrykul were titan forged. It's all—it's all about the whole titan connection thing. And druids, night elves, night elves are were trolls at one point in time. Trolls were just there. They were not created by the titans. They are not titan forged. Same thing with the Toran. They were not—they're not titan forged. Um, who else can be druids? Well, I mean, you got the Trolls, you got the Tauren, you got the Night Elves. What's the other one? Worgen. Worgen. That's it. Yeah. Um, To that degree, that kind of makes balls, sense. Right? And, and <laughs> I mean, if you go, if you look at the allied races, the allied races, as far as that goes, you would think that any of the ones that were, that could be druids outside could also be druids as part of the allied race. But the Nightborn can't be druids because they aren't, affiliated with that, the natural world at all. They, they, walk, they embrace walked the arcane. As far away from that. Yeah. Yeah, they've they, walked
2: about as far away from Druidism as you can get.
1: It, it's the same reasoning that goes beyond behind like the high elves slash blood elves. They didn't they don't really care about the natural world so much as they do the arcane yeah. and magic and everything else and, and that's what they choose elf, to embrace.
2: Void elves have kinda of gone to something else too.
1: It'd be like yeah. you know, now that I've tapped into the power of the void, let's do some druidism. What? <laughs> yeah, no, that's not gonna work. But where whereas you know the Zandalar the Xandalar very much still have a connection to that natural world so of course they're going to be able to be Druids High Mountain same thing they've got that connection to the natural world so they could be Druids um, and it's all about that that connection to the natural world the Titan forge don't really have that because they are not of the natural world so humans might have a little bit of that inkling of it where they can do like these little puny spells to help the harvest and all this other stuff but they can't they can't do the major shape-shifting and stuff because it's just beyond their reach
0: see but then the, the, there's things like the feral uh, the feral fen that practice druidism that they're broken right like that that never that that never fit for me with everything else
2: do we actually know that what they're practicing is druidism? yes
0: they they when you do the quest they basically talk about it as you know the talking feral about, fan druids yeah they are literally the feral fen druids Like not that, that they is, on
2: aren't they on their own world
0: they're on draenor yeah who's to say
2: druidism works the same way there but i'm just saying like it's it, it seems and we don't actually know that the the Eridar or titan forged we don't this know what true. their origin is. Who knows where the, the original origin of the Draenei is. As far as we know, they evolved on Argus as part of Argus' natural world.
0: Sure, but then the argument could be made that if the Feral Fin are all derived from that, those same, like the Broken are, are derived from that, then theoretically drunai could also follow that path should they so choose or are they so far but, removed because, because of, of their the embracing of the civilization and the light yeah. that that they once just again have it's kind of like play. a
1: microcosm of what happened on azeroth itself where the church of the mm-hmm. holy light came in and it kind of pushed druidism but then, to the wayside
0: but then it begs the question right like it, it begs the question that if these if these is it does it boil down to titan forge versus natural azeroth born or natural born whatever the case is uh, is that really the key, or if these, if beings from these races were to remove themselves? From, you know, the thinking of the Church of the Lights or to remove themselves from the thinking of civilization and go back to this sort of I am a, I am a speck of dust in the grand cosmos of the universe and here I stand type scenario where they, they sort of, for lack of a better term, find their natures and well, could, look at could the, they potentially become druids then at that point? Look
2: at, well, you look at the um, shamanism, which is not that different from druidism. It's its own thing, but they have certain similarities. The draenei picked up that, you know, the draenei can be shaman. Perhaps they could learn druidism. Perhaps, for that matter, perhaps humans could if they were just culturally, you know, we we know that the curse of flesh makes you more fleshy. It makes you a flesh being, you know, who's to say you couldn't sure. have, you know, for all we know, there could be a wild hammer druid out there somewhere.
0: Well, know? and, that's, like, and, that's, and that's, that's sort of like the... The the question that I ask about it, because like shamanism is sort of the next cousin to to druidism and you have denied dwarves, goblins, uh, orcs, tauren trolls that can all be shaman at this point. Like it's what's to say? that you can't go elsewhere with it, right? Like, uh, it's it's always been fascinating to me to see how particularly Shaman, because I'm biased to Shaman, uh, but also Druids, which have always been been sort of a second love of mine. Like, is that something that could be spread further? And then to further that, are hunters just another like weird, I don't want to say weird connection, but like, is that a, a leftover sort of teaching from like, druidism talking with animals or having that bond with animals is that another aspect of it that's been sort of like held onto and carried over uh, but isn't necessarily druidism anymore because i mean you heal your pet through a weird magic as a hunter could that be related as well like i it just it seems there's there seems to be a lot of things that could push this in other directions that seem like isolation society and evolution of the planet as a whole have sort of like i don't want to say isolated druidism but kind of plucked it away from the forethought of all these races minds and now i've always wondered to the wayside if did... really it, yeah and i've always wondered if if they refocused themselves and dedicated themselves to it could they become druids again could this be a thing
1: i don't know i don't know but it's interesting to think about however that kind of wraps us up for time here um and wraps us up for the show uh Blizzard Watch. Blizzard Watch is made possible by the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And I know we've talked about a few of the different Warcraft novels right now, but uh, for the listeners of Blizzard Watch, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial and that's just to give you the opportunity to check out their service. That free 30-day trial and that free audiobook, you can use that towards one of the World of Warcraft books. There are several audiobook versions including I think Wolfheart is there. I'm not sure if Stormrage is there or not, but Stormrage is another one of those ones that's actually kind of interesting because there's a character in that who he's not a human druid but he kind of shows the same connection to the Emerald Dream, and it's all mysterious. Ooh. Anyway, uh, you can download many of Blizzard's titles as well as many others. You just need to go to blizzardwatch.com slash audible to sign up for that, and you'll be helping support the show. Um, again, if you have any emails for the show, you can send those to podcast at com. Just be sure you put lorewatch as the subject line so that we know that it's intended for the show. And we do take lore questions from other Blizzard titles as well. It's not just Warcraft, but, uh, feel free to send those in because it looks like we get to do emails for a while, which is new. Diablo show, Diablo show. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to brush up on my Diablo. It's been a while since I've looked at, looked at Diablo and, and, and everything that goes on there because that's very convoluted heavy stuff. Anyway, uh so let's see here. Final thoughts, you guys. Um if there is some kind of realm, some kind of shadowlands version of the light, do you think it's some place that we'll be able to go as adventurers or do you think that's just the place where mortal creatures go when they die? Mortal creatures that have embraced the light go where they die, when they die. Joe
0: I think if we've seen the Shadowlands, we've seen the Emerald Dream, we've seen the Emerald Nightmare, I think there's a very good chance that at some point we're going to come knocking on that door.
2: Rossi, what do you think? I think Joe's cat sounded adorable if that was what that was. Yes. That well,
0: totally was. She she, yeah. she really has strong feelings about the light.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if we'll ever actually get to go there, but I do think it could be a place we could go because the light. You've done that. Have you done the quest in the uh, Swamp Swampasaros? I've just been leveling recently, so I was yes. just there. There's that quest where Velen shows up when you're yes. trying to kill, save Magtour mm-hmm. and nothing works, and the guy's like, I can't save him. Why is the light forsaken us? And Velen shows up and goes, The light hasn't forsaken you. It just doesn't, it's just not unopposed in this world. Which basically is him admitting the light isn't omnipotent. The light can lose. The light, you have to help the light, you have to champion it. And that to me implies that there is a place where the light has a bastion, because the light would have to have one. It would need a place to be. Like, it's not an all-present omnipotent, omnip- 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 omnipresent force. It has ebbs and valleys and places where it isn't, and that, to me, implies there's places where it is. And the fact that every time I die, I end up in the Shadowlands until I can run back to my body or get the spirit Re- healer to res me really makes me feel like that's where Breed and Brad went uh, when he was raised up. He went to that place. So I feel like maybe we could go there. But even if we don't, I feel like it exists.
1: I'm just, you keep talking, or you mentioned Diablo, and that got me to thinking. I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had something that was kind of like the whole assault on the high heavens thing? <laughs> From yeah. Diablo, only in Warcraft. Wouldn't that be rad? Yeah, probably I, I would. Don't, <laughs> I
2: don't, I can't stand Imperius when he talks to me. Yes. But he's pretty. Like, that oh. is a beautiful suit of armor and i love that fight sequence between him and diablo oh yeah I think that's great cinematic so yeah that would be kind of cool if you go to some late place and everybody looked like that
1: all right well that wraps us up for the show thank you guys very much for listening and we will see you again in two weeks